This is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast for September 12th, 2016. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Pius Wong. Today, we're getting the perspectives of several engineering teachers who share one important thing. They all studied engineering in college. They have a variety of work experience, and now they are teaching engineering. Let's hear about our six guests, Donald, Amy, CJ, Rita, Jack, and Bart. Hi, my name is uh, Donald Jones. Uh, I was working actually in the editorial field before. Uh, I'm an industrial engineer by trade. I went to the Ohio State University, got a bachelor's in that. Uh, but I also studied engineering education, which they had a pathway to it. So then I went to Rutgers in New Jersey and got my master's in urban education and a certificate in communications. I now teach at Metz Charter School in Jersey City, in which uh, I teach middle school basics engineering or ISTEM and uh, engineering one. My name is Amy Colburn up near Seattle, Washington. Um, so I, my background, got a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering and worked in the oil industry for a couple years um, and then went and decided to get my master's in teaching, um, so a two-year program and just um, math and science, so chemistry and mathematics um, at the high school level and now I'm teaching uh, math and science in high school. Howdy, my name is C.J. Salzman, and I've got uh, 30 years' experience in the industry, a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering from Texas A&M, and I've been teaching now two years down in Houston, teaching engineering classes. Hi, I'm Rita Loughran. I'm from San Diego, and I have a bachelor's in chemical engineering, and uh, while I was getting my degree, I also got credentialed, uh, credentialing in chemistry and math. Then I had about four careers. I Worked as a chemical engineer in the paper industry for several years. Then I uh, also taught chemistry and math courses at the college level. I w- directed religious ed at a church, and I've now I now teach uh, high school chemistry, physics, sometimes math and engineering. My name is Jack Huang. I'm from the California Sunnyvale. I w- was in the uh, semiconductor for more than uh, 15 years, and I think. Uh, I like to uh, help people in my second life, so I just do the education, and uh, I think uh, I'm working with the uh, the normal people, not the rich people. So I don't need to uh, well help the richer people become more rich. So uh, this, but this is my uh, first year in teaching since I just uh, finished my uh, CT credential. My name is Bart Krieger. I have a bachelor's in chemical engineering from. University of Maryland, Baltimore County, and a master's in environmental engineering from Johns Hopkins. I started out uh, in the semiconductor field and then moved into the consulting arena where I did that for 16 years, and I still carry my licenses in Ohio and Maryland. Jack already started to mention why he transitioned into his second life, and I posed the question to everyone. Why did they go from engineering into teaching? Here's Donald. My personal reason is the fact that there was not enough engineering curricula at the high school level so kids could be exposed to it when they got to the post-secondary level. And for some reason, when STEM education, uh, the big STEM education movement really started going around 2006, uh, I really started to notice that people was putting more money into STEM, but they was focusing more on 
math and nothing against math and science teachers in here, <laughs> but um, they was focusing a lot on that, just pure math and science instead of uh, focusing about the engineering process. Personally, I got my master's in urban education, so I wanted to do something with engineering in the education system, but more so in my special interest, I guess, would be more towards the uh, minorities and the underprivileged. Basically, so many people dropping out of engineering, especially amongst minorities and women. So those numbers need to seriously go up. And part of that is to not to bring it down on a high school level, you know, exposing it to them early and making it fun. Here's Amy, one of the chemical engineers. So I was feeling a little bit um, unfulfilled in my job at the time, um, which is kind of a, you know, you know, that happens a lot, I suppose. But I really felt like there was a lot of interesting projects going on um, in other places, and I wasn't necessarily willing to move to those places. So one opportunity that I saw was how to get other people involved in that process and see that there are interesting projects out there. So I, I kind of got a little flavor of those things. But um in my program, there was about, it was about half boys or half men and half women, which was probably pretty unusual um, for chemical engineering. Um, but in an industry that was not reflected, which wasn't surprising to me, but I really thought, why am I seeing kind of this difference in between the two um, in terms of education and then going into the field and seeing how it's so much different? So I really wanted to kind of inspire, I guess, other generations to see, and, you know, especially women in particular or girls in particular, that you can do it as well. And there's these things that are really interesting going on out in the world, and don't be afraid to just try. Here's CJ. For me, I think it's the season of life. You know, I'm 56, and uh, <laughs> my kids left, uh, you know, to go to college, and so I have no kids left at home, so I need some kids to invest in uh, now. <laughs> and then... Uh, I was an engineering manager most of my career, and so I dealt with uh, high-powered folks and did a lot of you know high-dollar kind of stuff in my industry. But but uh, after a while, you think that's not what it's, life is all about. So I wanted to help and impact people's lives. It's hard to find exact numbers on how rare engineering teachers like this really are in the U.S., but we do know about related subjects, which can give us a clue. In public high schools, for example, only about 40% of physics teachers actually majored in physics. Only 40% of chemistry teachers majored in chemistry. This is according to the National Center for Education Statistics as of 2012. If we assume engineering teachers are similar, then most engineering teachers today did not major in engineering. Schools who want to have an engineering program today are looking for qualified teachers from every source. I asked our guests how school administrators might attract engineers into teaching. Here's Rita's answer. I'm in the charter school in a set high in San Diego, and so there was a little more flexibility in the charter system to hire somebody like me who had engineering experience and, and life experiences. So to be honest, part of it was that um, they were able to offer uh, former engineers and other science and math teachers um, a better salary and a little more flexibility. And I think that's a little different from, as um, CJ was mentioning, when you're a manager and handling things to working where there are so many um, guidelines, we'll say, um, that can be a little difficult. So I think that's part of it. And I also think 
Um, in my school, the principal allowed me to explore different ways to teach engineering. And so that was really helpful to me because it allowed me to share my experience versus creating something just out of a book. I have to mirror what Rita said a lot. That's Bart, who teaches in a Catholic school. What is really nice is my principal and things like that just make it really comfortable as far as they realize I speak a different language than the teachers. So they're talking about think, pair, share, elbow partners and all this. And I'm like, well, I can talk about thermodynamic differentials, but <laughs> I don't know what that is. Um, and also just to give us latitude as far as how to teach the class. Don't hand me a binder and say, this is what I want you to teach when they don't have that experience. Donald started clapping at this point. Here he is explaining. I'm glad Bart said that. I'm glad Rita said that because it's very important for school administrators to know if they want us to come in in their schools and teach what we know, they first are going to have to educate themselves on who we are. Your principals may know. Some administrators don't know. Some th people just treat it like, oh, you're supposed to teach it like a math and science lesson or something like that. Uh-uh-uh. My first teaching job was back at my old high school, and my principal didn't know what the heck engineering education. She looked at my license like, well, what do you do? And I'm just like, well, do, well, when you hired me, did you know what I did? And she was just like, well, no, no, I don't. And I had to educate her. This is project-based learning. So we heard that salary, flexibility, and supportive administrators could all help attract engineers into teaching. But is that enough? Amy added her thoughts. Maybe it's, it's probably not an easy thing to do, but getting the engineers in your classroom and then putting the seed in their mind that they could be a teacher. And I, I know like as if someone would have called me uh, when I worked in engineering and said, do you want to come talk to a bunch of kids? It would have been like, oh, that sounds cool. But people are nervous to do that, I think, because you don't want to bother somebody, you know, quote unquote, like, oh, who wants to come spend their time, you know, talking to kids. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that's true at all. I think if administrators and teachers reached out to different companies and things that are around them and said, especially industries that are around them, like what a great way to get kids to know what's even right next door to them. Um, you know, working in the Seattle area, we have Boeing and things that, I mean, kids know about the big ones, but there's a ton of like little small places too. And I think calling those places and just, or emailing or whatever, and just saying, you know, we're doing this project on, you know, whatever. I see that you guys kind of do that. You're in that field. Would you mind sending somebody to come talk to my class? Um, and if you can make those relationships, I think that would be a really great way to contact engineers and, and get them interested. Rita recalled when that happened to her. When I worked in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as an engineer, I remember they would um, they invited me to do uh, like a summer Super Saturday at uh, a, a public school. And what I liked was it was more from probably K through fifth grade. And um, they invited me, and I realized it was a lot of fun. And most engineers, I think I agree with Amy, um, they want to go reach out and but all levels, not just high school. Now that these engineers are all teachers, what do they do to get other engineers to visit the classroom? Let's hear from Rita and Bart. Every year, San Diego has a big STEM fair and different organizations, Sidewim Engineers, uh, National Hispanics, uh, National Optics Associations. Anyway, all of them have representatives. So I just went from booth to booth to booth to try to get people to sign up. And that was actually uh, very effective. Also, if you do something like a robotics club 
let these companies know, hey, would you come and sponsor? You know, you don't have to give us any money, but we'll put a, you know, one of your company flyers up in our room, and all you have to do is sit around and mentor our kids and stuff like that. It'll get them into the room, and you know, once you get them in that way, you you got them. What do these teachers say to engineers who may be considering teaching? Here's Bart again. I, for me, it's been the best move I made in my life. You know, when you're in consulting, you get to a point where you're doing more management than you are technical. And, and at that point, it's like, well, I became an engineer to be technical. And then you start being able to share your passion of this technology of being able to solve problems with these kids and kids are like sponges. They'll just soak it up. And, you know, when you can teach a kid to do something like code or build this, or it's, it's a better feeling than any project I've ever completed in my life. It's definitely rewarding when you see uh, a child develop their own app, build their own apparatus, their own circuit, and then them to get to test test the work. I think that's a better investment than anything we can do in the field, you know, because there's only a certain amount of people that's going to work in the field and that's going to be working on the real stuff. You know, and I saw that up close and personal. Definitely, if you want to get into the classroom, start researching STEM programs, technology education programs all across the country. They have plenty of good ones. Research your passion. These teachers all agreed that there are real, meaningful, personal rewards to teaching. So then, what if you ask them to talk about the challenges oh well like, maybe you shouldn't ask me that. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know yeah. I don't um scare anyone off either, but no the truth is. um and this isn't meant to scare anyone o- away although it, it might um and i think it's a different situation for everybody when i worked in engineering it was a pretty slow i started in 2008 um, which is right when the downturn kind of happened. So that's kind of why it wasn't as interesting to me. People, oil was not doing big, interesting projects in 2008. Looking back now, there was a lot of time that I maybe wasn't utilizing my time as best as I could. And that does not happen in teaching. <laughs> um, when people, I remember um, my first, I think it was the start of my second year, and somebody, we were talking about it, and somebody said, which one, which one is, do you think you worked harder at? And I'm like, I, that is not even a question. Like there is no comparison to how much teachers, how much time and effort teachers put into teaching, especially for things like this, I think where it's like engineering, like the, some of the other teachers were saying earlier, like you're not just teaching out of a book, which is good, but it also means that you're putting in a lot of time. I will say the biggest thing to me that is, I just had no idea is how much time teachers put in to their craft. That was Amy, but CJ had a different take. Uh, I earned this gray hair that I've got uh, <laughs> from industry. And uh, there was so much stress for me in industry, and this is w- uh, way uh, less stressful. CJ, if you remember, was the former engineering manager. He started as a regular engineer, got his MBA, and worked his way up. 
the biggest team I had was like 150 engineers in my department that I was ahead of. So, so um, there was so much stress in that, and this is uh, no. I mean, there is a little bit of stress, but nothing compared in, for me personally. And you know, I really like this. Plus, you know, it has a long-term impact versus uh, the work I did in engineering. I mean, I, at one time I had a kind of a crisis when I was 40 years old. And I guess you might call it a spiritual crisis, but it was looking back on all the work I had done in the computer industry and realizing that not a single one of those computers was still in use. <laughs> Everything was in the garbage. And what lasting, you know, impact would I have made in the world? And it would be hard to see, you know, from that perspective, I'd say, okay, going to ministry or, or, or teaching was kind of the way I was going to be significant for the long term. Jack had advice for engineers considering working in education. I think for engineers, if you think your second career um, in education, uh, I advise you go to a volunteer into the classroom to feel the environment. Uh, see, there's a passion. You can make a connection together. So as uh, the first year new teacher as I am, um, I'm worried. First, how I how can I handle those uh, around thirty new kids coming? But uh, before you enter into the education field, maybe as Donald say, what's your patient? Your patient is making any connection to the classroom. If that's match, then you are good to go to this uh, education field. So this is Amy again. Um, I just wanted to speak a little bit to that because I actually did exactly what Jack just said um, before I quit my job and totally freaked out my parents to go back and get my degree in teaching. Um, I did actually, I contacted the schools and I think they probably thought I was a little bit crazy because not very many people do that. But um, I actually started at kindergarten and I just I volunteered a couple of days at each level until I found one that I liked. In kindergarten, I was a little bit like, oh, my gosh, okay, um, that's not good. So then I move, <laughs> you know, I'll, uh, I give it to the kindergarten teachers, you know. Um, but <laughs> I... Uh, I just, I, I really just, you know, not every single grade level, but I did like kindergarten and then third grade all the way up until it was like, okay, high schoolers, like you can, you know, this a little bit more my style. So I did exactly what Jack said. And then using that kind of reaffirmed my thought process in going into teaching. I asked one more question to the teachers. What tips could you give to engineering teachers who never were engineers in school or otherwise? I actually started out teaching chemistry and physics, and um, I kept wanting to share my experience of engineering. And so for anyone who is normally a math or science teacher, I suggest to get to meet some engineers in their field. So for me, chemical engineering, chemistry was a good match. So I understood how to apply it. And, um, and what my fear was, is that a lot of kids and even a lot of adults have preconceived notions of what an engineer is. Oh, they only build bridges or they only, um, you know, do software. And so I think it's important for teachers to trust that they can do it and get to know somebody in the field to share with them how they would teach their material from an engineering standpoint. Yeah, I guess it's kind of funny you're in a room with a bunch of these engineering teachers and expect different answers, but um, very similarly <laughs> is, you know, 
for the math and science teachers is to realize when you're trying to reach these kids who are going to be engineers, who want to be engineers, or there's kids in that classroom, I can guarantee you, who could be good engineers, but have been told their entire life, well, you know what, you're not the greatest in math and science, so therefore you can't go on engineering. It's because these people don't realize engineering is problem solving. And if you have a very good problem solver and their math and science skills, you know, aren't the top of the class, but they're going to be good engineers. I think there's a lot more professional development out there that a lot of people don't take advantage of. Most teachers, I think you get, you know, 100 emails a day or whatever, and sometimes they're they're in there. You know, you get the emails where it's like, oh, do you want to do this thing that's three days? And, you know, a lot of times you're like, ah, oh, delete, 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 you know. But I think um, I've had the the opportunity to go to a lot of professional development that I probably would have just passed by, but other people in my district had taken advantage of and said, oh, this is really good. Um, last summer I went to one that was doing um, CNC machines, so looking at um, just kind of like alternatives to – um, you know, four-year college type thing. And that was really, really cool. And I learned a lot that I would have never gotten otherwise. That was Rita, Bart, and Amy. Amy also added another point that the other teachers really emphasized too. Kind of going back to that, one of the other questions that you had asked earlier, and and you had said, oh, that seems like a really time-intensive, you know, getting, contacting engineers. But I really think that that's how non-engineering teachers can really understand kind of what the process is and get more comfortable. There's usually someone, especially bigger companies, will have somebody that you can talk to that's kind of in charge of doing um, community outreach. And um, that might be another a way to get engineers in your classroom. So I know like Boeing, obviously, it's really big, but they have a really big um, community outreach. They say you're going to spend this much time a year doing things in the community. And one way to do that is to be in the schools or involved in PD. Because that one engineer maybe isn't interested, but I bet there's somebody. So if you ask somebody at a higher level, they might be like, oh, so-and-so is always really interested in that kind of stuff. I'll get you in contact with them. So that might be another way. But I think it is a lot of legwork that you really kind of have to be willing to invest. And there you have it. Teaching, even if it's fulfilling and important and all that good stuff, can be a lot of legwork. Especially if you're an engineering teacher. A big thank you to Melanie Kong, a past guest who helped organize the guests you heard on this episode. You can connect to this podcast on Facebook, Google Play, iTunes, and other media. If you sign up for the newsletter, I can send you updates and future podcast plans. Check out the podcast website for all the links, k12engineering.net. If you're on Reddit, I'd love to keep track of your engineering education news in the new subreddit, slash engineering education. So check that out. You can find links to that and more in today's show notes. Finally, to everyone who's shown interest in this project, you are awesome. Until next time. The views expressed in this podcast are our own, and they are not necessarily the opinions of any schools, companies, or other groups with which we might be connected. Our theme music comes from School Zone by the Honorable Sleaze. Our interlude music is from Theme P and Love is Chemical by Steve Combs. And our closing music is from Late for School by Bleep Tour. All are used under Creative Commons attribution licenses. Mm-hmm.